Welcome to Around the Treatment Table with Jason the PT, a podcast dedicated to helping patients achieve positive and sustainable physical therapy outcomes through education and critical thinking. With over 15 years experience working in sports, orthopedics and complex pain, Jason has helped many patients reach their goals and live pain-free. Jason is a certified manual physical therapist, certified in dry needling, and the owner of one of Chicago's best private physical therapy practices. Welcome to Around the Treatment Table with Jason the PT. Good whatever time of day you are listening to me. This is uh, Around the Treatment Table with Jason the PT, and I am Jason. And today, uh, for episode three, I'm going to be talking about health insurance and the horribly convoluted and broken system that we have uh, to just be able to pay for care, uh, let alone um, talking about the care we actually receive. Uh, It really is a broken system, folks. Um, The way I would describe it in in real person terms, real world terms, um, is kind of like going to a restaurant. Except you go to a restaurant and you sit down and you open up a menu and you see everything that's on the menu and uh, there's no prices. Now, one, you either expected that uh, and you don't care because you could afford it, or you have more questions. So you ask the server, and the server doesn't know either. And it says, well, it really kind of depends on a whole bunch of different factors, like uh, obviously what you order, how you want it cooked, how many napkins you use, how many glasses of water you get. Um, And then um, it also depends on uh, which credit card you use. Uh, because the prices are different depending on whether you're using a Visa, MasterCard, American Express, or Diners Club, or whatever. Uh, And, oh, by the way, we might not know for days, weeks, or months uh, what the actual bill is, uh, but we'll get back to you, uh, you know, whenever, you know, we we get hear back from the credit card company, which is amazing, Um, because that doesn't, doesn't work for the vast majority of people, but apparently that's how that works in the healthcare system, which is kind of unfortunate. Uh, And then at the end of that time, when the insurance company finally does get around to uh, getting back uh, what you actually owe, you're just hoping and praying that they actually decided to cover um, and you're not getting a surprise. So that's kind of the the basics of uh, what I'm going to be talking about today is this horrible process. Uh, Let's start off with talking about insurance basics. Uh, A lot of um, people don't actually fully understand how it works in terms of uh, having an insurance plan. So... Uh, people, you know, can get a health insurance plan through their uh, through their employer, which is the most common. Um, some people will go out and buy one on the open market, and you will, uh, you know, find a plan that will fit your, you know, basic, you know, healthcare needs. Um, of course, you know, you would also need a crystal ball uh, to know what you would need for the upcoming year, because uh, uh, pathology and problems unfortunately don't telegraph their pitches. Uh, so you buy an insurance plan. And on that insurance plan, there will be a thing called a deductible. And the deductible is uh, how much you actually have to pay out of pocket before your health insurance kicks in. Uh, this could be $500, $1,000, $1,500, $2,000 that you have to pay out of pocket before your health insurance kicks in and starts to make some payment, uh, partial payments on your behalf. Once you've met your deductible, you likely will have a copay or a coinsurance. A copay is a flat fee that you would pay per visit. So if you were to see your physical therapist, you've met your deductible and you have a $40 copay, that's what you would pay and the insurance company would pay the rest, depending on what was billed. 
Uh, some more commonly now we're seeing um, co-insurances, which is a percentage. Uh, typically we'll see 10% or 20% co-insurances. So therefore, if the visit was $100 and your co-insurance is 20%, you pay your $20 and the insurance company pays uh, the $80. Uh, and you do this until you've met your out-of-pocket uh, maximum, which is a dollar amount that you have to pay before your insurance company will cover all of your care at 100%. Uh, typically, patients don't need that unless, of course, they've had a surgery or had to go you know, have some extensive um, health care. So it's not terribly common. And some plans have what's called pre-authorization, which is pretty common in physical therapy with providers such as United, Cigna, and uh, Aetna. And pre-authorization means that uh, your physical therapist has to go out uh, and send information into the insurance company based on your evaluation and request a certain amount of visits. Typically, we ask for 12, and we almost never get that. So then your insurance company says, all right, well, we're going to give you six visits or eight visits, whatever it is, that we will authorize the patient to have um, you know, physical therapy care. And once those are exhausted, you then have to ask for more. And we're going to talk a little bit more about pre-authorization um, because it's uh, kind of crappy in a lot of a lot of different ways. The billing process. So once you've seen your physical therapist and you've received treatment or an evaluation or whatever it is, uh, we submit uh, charges. So there are different medical codes for different types of procedures, such as an evaluation or a, a manual therapy, neuromuscular gait training, therapeutic exercise, or therapeutic activities. And all of these are assigned a uh, dollar amount uh, that is created, uh, what's called a fee schedule that's created by the company. So you, we submit those charges to the insurance company for uh, the insurance company to process them. So the insurance company, if they accept the charges, will then uh, do what's called the adjustment. The adjustment is the contracted rate if your provider is in network, that they've agreed upon for those particular codes. So if I, by my particular fee schedule, bill out a manual uh, code, which is $50, but with Blue Cross Blue Shield, I've agreed to take 35, then my $50 charge then goes down to 35, and that is what's called the adjustment. So once that is um, uh, done, then the insurance company will assign a balance to the patient based on their policy specifics. So if you're still in your deductible, you pay the full boat until you've met that number, or um, they pick up a portion of your care based on whatever your plan is, uh, whether it's a copay or a coinsurance. And that's kind of how the, the basics work. And then uh, once all of that has been done, uh, the patient is sent an uh, explanation of benefits, basically showing the breakdown of how they arrived to that number. That is also sent to the physical therapy company. And with our billing software, we then apply uh, your payments and uh, towards your account and then uh, bill the patient for the uh, whatever their responsibility is. Um, a bit about fee schedules. Um, fee schedule. So I, I touched on it before. Every company, um, whether it's a physical therapy office or a podiatry office or whatever, they will assign um, their fees for particular codes, like as I was stating before, um, with an uh, in-network rate. So once a company talks to an insurance company and says, okay, we'd like to be in-network with you, the benefit there being um, you should see an improvement in volume because people want to use their health insurance because it's cheaper than typically than paying out of pocket, uh, we then agree on um, whatever the fee is going to be uh, for that insurance company. Uh, so when we bill that out. Now, 
interestingly enough, each insurance company has a different fee schedule as well for what they're willing to pay. Um, Blue Cross Blue Shield is typically higher, um, and Cigna is typically the lowest um, on this scale, with uh, United and Aetna uh, kind of not too far <laughs> from Cigna. Um, so yeah, that's one of the things is is that how much does it cost? Well, it really does depend. It depends on what the therapist does with you on top of whatever insurance plan you happen to have. And that uh, can be kind of confusing when on the back end for not only patients, but also physical therapists, because there's also different billing rules, how many codes we're allowed to bill, whether or not we need to get authorization. If we get authorization, great. If we don't, then we can't bill the patient. So there's a lot that goes on behind it with uh, fee schedules. And to make it even more confusing, depending on where you go, you might actually have they have a different con for uh, other providers might actually have different contracts with different rates. It's not terribly uncommon to call around to different physical therapy providers and find anywhere from a fifteen to twenty to thirty dollar difference. In fact, if you were to go to a hospital, they typically command the highest fee schedules. So if you were to go to a hospital for uh, outpatient physical therapy care, you're probably playing significantly more money because hospitals have lawyers that can go out and fight with insurance companies. Uh, so that's one tip I will tell you, especially a little bit later on, is you do definitely want to shop around a little bit. But you can see already, this is confusing. I mean, you know, depending on your plan, depending on where you go, depending on what you do, and then having to go, you know, through the uh, process of the, the billing to then find out actually how much things cost is kind of insane. So that's number one, uh, number one, that's many parts of number one right there. Uh, fee schedules are kind of, it, it, it's definitely very, very, very uh, convoluted and difficult. So when patients have questions, this is why it can be difficult sometimes to tell them. So let's talk about some of the crap that insurance companies pull. Um, because not only is that part of the system broken in terms of billing and, and whatnot, uh, they also do quite a bit of, um, they pull quite a bit of a shenanigans during this process. And some things are easy to see and some things aren't. My big thing for 2022 that I'm making noise about is um, pre-authorizations that are required while the patient is still paying their deductible. Why is this a problem? Well, think of it this way. If you've already, if you've been paying your premium to have a health insurance plan and that you also know that you have a deductible, um, how is it that insurance companies can actually tell you that it's, that it's not okay to go get that care, especially when they're not paying a dime. So I've had a number of patients, um, that have been in a deductible, um, high deductible plans that have an Aetna, Cigna, or United plan that typically requires authorization that um, get denied visits. You know, and some of these plans are what I call hit by a bus insurance. You know, if you have a Cigna plan and you have a $3,000 deductible, you're never making it out of that deductible. It's, it's crazy to me. So a patient comes in, this is, here's a perfect example. I had a patient a couple of years back with a Cigna plan who basically had what, you know, a hit by a bus plan where she basically had to get hit by a bus in order to make her deductible. And it's in October and she had long-standing amounts of back pain. Um, and she was really having a difficult time with it. So she comes in for care and we do the evaluation and I submitted to Cigna, you know, I would like to get 12 visits. And of course they gave me six because they're Cigna. And um, I start working with her and she's actually turning a corner. And for the first time she was saying, I actually feel like I'm making significant progress here. And we got to the sixth visit and we were about, I don't know, I guess she would tell me about 60% of the way there. 
And I said, okay, no problem. Well, I have to submit for more visits, so I'll let you know. So I uh, submit to Cigna, and they get back to me, and they say, uh, sorry, we're not giving you any more visits. She's she's doing fine, which I have a real problem with. And they got back to us so, so late that we weren't able to get in contact with the patient. And she comes in for her visit, and I had to go out to the, the waiting room, and I said to her, I'm like, I'm, I'm really sorry. You know, your insurance company said no more visits. And she literally started crying right there in my waiting room. She goes, this is absolutely insane. I don't understand why insurance companies are able to do that because if you're paying your premium and you acknowledge that you have a deductible, insurance companies should have absolutely zero say as to how you meet that deductible. And the reason that they do it is because they want to keep you in that deductible because the longer you stay in the deductible, the less that they have to pay overall. And some of them aren't even paying all that much. Had she actually met her deductible, which she never would have, um, you know, it was a, you know, roughly a, a $60 visit. She had a $50 copay, $50 on a $60 visit. They would only pay $10 per visit. This is insane. How, how do they get away with that? It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I even went on to, so, I mean, I have a Blue Cross Blue Shield plan that I get through my company and I don't use a lot of healthcare, but I wanted to go on their website and see some of my policy like parameters and whatnot, and what things are covered, what things aren't, see what things cost. And there's nothing, literally nothing. I can find a provider, but you can't see anything about costs. I can't see any of the details about my plan. So I could go and, um, you know, figure out if I needed, you know, a certain procedure or something like that. There was nothing. So that means you then have to hop on the phone and wait on the, you know, wait on hold for 45 minutes until you actually get to talk to somebody who, you know, I'm sure is thrilled to talk to you. But that's, see, that's another little barrier right there. Anything that they can do to keep things from, uh, to be, keep things from being transparent is they'll do it. Who wants to sit on the phone for 45 minutes just to figure out some of the parameters of your plan? You know, you're just going to get disgusted with it and not do it and continue to put it off, which only benefits the insurance company. The patient's not getting better. You know, the patient's at home scared to use their health insurance because they don't know anything about it and there's no place to look any of this stuff up. Non-disclosure agreements on, uh, on our um, fee schedules. When I signed up my company to be in network with some of the insurance companies, you read these contracts and there are non-disclosure agreements all over the place. I'm technically not allowed to talk to people about, uh, about other insurance plans other than their own. I'm not allowed to go talk to other physical therapy companies and see what they're saying. They're not going to disclose that to me. Um, because the more separation that they can keep, the more shenanigans they can play and change, uh, or, in, and with their, with their pricing. So, you know, if I find out I'm 10 to 15% below some of the other, um, insurance, uh, other providers, I need to go and talk to them. They don't want that. They don't want to pay me more than they, you know, than they want to. And that's a problem because it makes it even harder to talk about, you know, what, are, what's a fair price for a service. Credentialing. To be in network, you have to have a uh, provider become what is called credentialed, meaning you have to submit this crazy long application to the insurance company so they can, I don't know, look at it, I suppose. And then 
agree to, to pull that um, provider into their network. This is difficult, long, and complicated, and it is meant to keep providers off of their in-network plans because that way they don't have to pay them. And if they're not in-network, chances are the patient's not going to want to see them, you know, because they're worried about the cost. Because when you say out of network to somebody, they run for the hills. Now, there are some situations where out of network is could theoretically be cheaper and you could get better care, albeit maybe a little bit more expensive. But typically when I answer the phone and we say we're out of network, you know, with a certain insurance uh, plan, the next thing you hear is a dial tone. And um, HMOs are um, notorious um, for some of this behavior. It's very difficult and crazy to get into a health insurance uh, HMO plan, um, especially when it comes to physical therapy. I mean, you're pr pretty much regulated to go into a hospital system. So that's where a ton of patients are going to be. You may not be seen for your evaluation for months. And then good luck getting a follow-up anytime in the near future in most cases. So yeah, I mean, these are all ways to tamp down on patients using their health insurance plan. Overall, the system is designed to pit um, patients versus providers because of how the billing works. So we submit charges to the imaginary people, um, uh, imaginary uh, uh, company up in the sky that nobody ever sees and are difficult to reach for them to make a decision. And then once they make a decision, they email that back to the um, or they send that stuff back to the patient as well as the provider. And the provider you know, has to go bill the patient. If the patient's not happy with uh, the bill, which the provider, if of course, you know, they do make mistakes and we do fix our mistakes and we can resubmit for things. But if the patient, again, doesn't understand what's going on and all of a sudden there's a bill that they don't want to pay for whatever reason, and you'd be shocked to know that not everybody pays their bills, um, it leaves the provider out in the lurch. So that only increases the amount and cost of care down the road, potentially, because it'll get written off to bad debt. And that's a problem. Um, and typically the provider is easier to reach than the insurance companies to get things sorted. Then, you know, we have to go back to the insurance company if they've made a mistake and that takes a long process. The patient's fed up. They don't want any more care because look at, look at what's happening. If this is what it takes to just, you know, take care of some back pain, you know, I'd rather just not deal with any of it and I'll live with it. Great. Guess who won again? Insurance company. The insurance company is keeping you away from actually using your plan because then that would cost them money. The complexity of the system costs um, increases the costs overall. When my wife took over the billing and took over the um, you know practice management stuff here, I had no idea how much phone work she's taking uh, she's doing. If an insurance company makes a mistake. And she's got to sit on the phone for 45 minutes. I mean, she's not doing other stuff. This costs money. I mean, now all of a sudden I have to pay more people to just collect on the money versus just billing out for the services. So this complexity increases the uh, costs. So then the provider has choices. Either start, you know, billing, overbilling, which plenty of them do. Um, or they start to water down their services by volumizing, you know, in terms of double booking and what, so it waters down the care and makes it more expensive for the patient. That's great healthcare right there, folks. I mean, that's insane. But these are some of the behaviors that, you know, people out there are doing to compensate because of the complexity of the system. Stand outside of a hospital during a shift change and count how many people walk into that hospital for work that aren't wearing a lab coat or scrubs. 
the rest of them are here to try to keep um, their arms around this this crazy rodeo that we call our healthcare system. Um, and it, it's just, it's bonkers because those people cost money. And the more people that are in the mix and the more complex it is, the more it's going to cost everybody. And it's usually not the insurance companies because they have the money. They don't want to let go of the money. That's the game. That's the game right there. Hang on to the money and or make it more complex or push people off. I had an insurance company when I first got credentialed. Um, it's a Cigna, actually. I accidentally um, credentialed with through straight through Cigna. Cigna actually doesn't do a lot of the processing for their physical therapy stuff. They use a company called Ash, which we're going to get um, get uh, to in a minute. And so they said, oh, they credentialed me and they allowed me into their Cigna network. And then they came back and said to me, oh, by the way, um, you, you messed up. You, you don't send it to us. You send it to uh, American Specialty Health. Uh, or it was Orthonet, I think, at the time. So then I went along and I um I credentialed there, got in network, great, wonderful. A year later, they sent out to all of my active current patients that they were kicking me out of Cigna. And the patients freaked out. I lost six patients because I was trying to explain to them, no, 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 I don't. I don't send claims to Cigna. Cigna farms out their stuff to this company called Ash that does all the processing. I'm still in network. You're still getting in network rates. And it freaked them out. Lost money. And who won? Cigna and Ash. So that's some of the, the stupid things that they pull just to keep me or a provider from getting money and things that they pull to keep patients from using their health insurance, which only benefits the insurance company. Um, there is going to be, though, hopefully some relief, and it's starting to roll out. Um, and starting actually last year, January 1st of 2021, um, each hospital in the United States will be required uh, to provide clear, accessible pricing information online about items and services they provide. Um, so they have to make those things pretty available. Here's the rub. Only 14% of the hospitals are compliant with this thing, you know, as in terms of uh, talking about it now, um, almost a year and a half later. They're being fined $300 a day for being non-compliant in this. So that's the equivalent of a nurse bringing somebody in the ICU some ibuprofen in terms of billing. So this absolutely has no teeth. So there's no reason for them to be compliant whatsoever because $300 a day is peanuts um, for a hospital system, especially a large hospital system. Um, what actually kicked in this July of 2022 um, was the transparency in coverage final rule. As of July 1st, um, insurers must make available their prices for all of their uh, covered services. So not only will you get information about what your employer or what employers are paying health uh, health insurance companies for their premiums to cover their folks, uh, it is also going to be readily available what uh, each provider uh, has in terms of a contract with the insurance companies. So this is going to be, uh, and I know there's there's people out there right now really working on it, uh, to get um, a website together to put all this pricing uh, pricing um, down. I actually um, had my sister and brother-in-law who are in IT uh, try to look at some of this stuff. Of course, they're machine-readable files, so it's it's really difficult. to. It's not like it's just a list, so it, it's really, really difficult to pull some of that information down. Um, but soon, um, you'll be able to find the cost of care for your area providers, which is um, great. Um, and if they don't do it, 
they have uh, the health insurance companies actually have to pay a thousand dollars per day per subscriber. Now that has some teeth. If you have a million subscribers and you're not you're being non-compliant with this whole plan, um, you're in some big, big, big trouble. But the beautiful thing about this is you will actually now have the ability um, to find the true value of a service. So, for example, you know, I started core physical therapy. One thing I wanted to do was because I couldn't talk about price because of non-disclosure agreements, because of the complexity, I wanted to make a guarantee about what patients get. And I said from day one, I want you to have a full one hour evaluation with your physical therapist because not only do you, we want to do a thorough examination, we want to give you um, a comprehensive explanation as to what's going on and initiate some treatment. And from then on, I said, every no matter who it is, you'll get at least 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one time with your, with your physical therapist. Um, so at least patients know, okay, this is what I'm getting for however much I'm paying. And I think that that's definitely a good thing because that's what gets you the outcomes and it gets you better, you know, faster um, because you're getting more skilled care. Other providers, you know, they volumize. You don't know who the physical therapist you're going to see. Um, you don't know how much it's going to cost. You don't know how your sessions are going to go. You might only see your physical therapist for five or 10 minutes, you know, and then be off in the corner, um, you know, doing exercises by yourself and paying more you know, than you possibly would be with, with an, uh, with say a, a private practice or something like that. Um, this is great for little guys like me, um, being able to see some of the fee schedules, not only, you know, can I gauge kind of where I'm at in terms of the other area providers, but because it's going to drop the non-disclosure agreements because now it's out in the open and now I can compete on price. And that's what I was saying in terms of, uh, knowing the true value of a service. Uh, being able to um, not only see what you're getting from, say, core physical therapy, but also knowing how much it costs. So if you were to just go to another provider and they're not telling you, you know, you know how much it costs and they're more expensive, but you're getting double and triple booked, you know, then I think that's a, a clear indicator of where you should possibly go. Because going to a smaller private practice more often than not is cheaper because I don't have the, the, the funds to, to set up with, you know, uh, lawyers to go fight with insurance companies about my fee schedule. So yeah, the bigger you are, typically the more and higher, um, uh, higher, uh, fee schedules people get. And when you think about it, it's just kind of, um, ridiculous. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. Um, the other part that's happened, uh, happened actually in January of 2022, uh, was the no surprises act, which is excellent, um, for patients. Uh, what was happening, uh, when they say no surprises is because you didn't really know what you're getting into. Um, and you don't know who is in, in network and out of network. So for example, this is the, um, this is the example that's most commonly given. You have to go in and have a surgery. Let's say they're taking your appendix out. So you chose a hospital that was in network. You chose a doctor to do the surgery that was in network. You prepped for, for surgery. They wheel you into the room. And um, just as the anesthesiologist knocks you out, he says, oh, by the way, I'm out of network. Now, it doesn't happen like that. But what would typically happen is the patient, you know, has their appendix out. They stay in the hospital, re receive whatever services it is that they need. Um, and then you get the bill and everything is in network except that anesthesiologist. So what should have been theoretically uh, 800 bucks turns into $5,000. And that's how um, 
<laughs> that's that's how they were getting it. so that was the main aim of no surprises act that should you need care um if that were to happen the um insurance company uh must pay out at the in-network rate so it makes you kind of wonder about that whole credentialing process and why we go through it because if it's that easy for them to just cover stuff for a provider that was out of network at an in-network rate why all the, the the shenanigans and trying to get people into a network unless of course you don't want people in your network because the more providers there are the more access to care and the more you're generally going to pay um so at least the no surprises act was there to um help uh patients out um or help patients out to to get uh, better better bills um let me give you a couple tips in terms of how to get better uh cost per, uh, per value so back in 2019 i just had to have a small procedure nothing super duper crazy and um so i had the procedure done and the we were on my wife's hmo at the time and um it wasn't great so they come back and say we're not covering any of this and i say why and they said well it wasn't medically necessary and i said well i disagree and they said well too bad <laughs> so they um said we're not covering it so then the doctor's office sent me a bill and the bill was for fifteen hundred dollars but what um they didn't know was i already had the explanation of benefits from the insurance company and i knew right out of the gate that they were only going to get paid 864 dollars that's what they were going to get paid for if they were given the money in at the in-network rate so they send me a bill for 1500 and i know that they were only they were already going to accept 864 dollars so i called them up and i said listen you sent me a bill for 1500 well your insurance didn't cover i said yeah but you guys if they had you guys were very willing to accept 864 dollars from the insurance company how about i pay that i got my american express right here ready to go and the nice office lady said uh i'll call you back so she calls me back in two hours and said yeah no problem so if you don't know that and you don't know that information and they just send you a bill for fifteen hundred dollars um look at the explanation of benefits what were they gonna get if it was going to be covered by the insurance company and negotiate on that basis because that'll save you money right there that saved me what a little under seven hundred dollars you know just just knowing that so that's definitely uh, an important uh, thing to to look at you want to call around too uh in that particular case i didn't call around they just happened to be right down the road um but call around and get an explanation or at least get a, a, an estimation of what um your costs are going to be or how much things typically cost if they tell you you don't know they don't know then don't go there because they know um nobody runs a business like that um they know i mean it's going to kind of depend with some insurances um that aren't a flat rate like Cigna United and Aetna are all flat rates. It doesn't matter what the provider bills. It's it's going to be a flat rate per visit for physical therapy. Other ins uh, insurance companies, um, you know, namely like Blue Cross, will cover per procedure uh, code that is billed. But most companies have a policy as to how to deal with this and what a typical um, visit would cost. So call around and ask and say, what is it about? most places should be giving people now a good faith estimate as to what's happening i know we do this we've been doing this for actually years at core pt um with our scheduler patients get the um 
the paperwork ahead of time and they can do it electronically and that submits back for our billing team um, and they will go and verify the insurance so we know the parameters uh, we do that ahead of time and then uh, we give a patient a sheet of paper which has a breakdown that says this is what your deductible is um, and this is how much of it is left uh, it's going to take roughly x amount of visits to get to the uh, your deductible uh, at the end of your deductible and then after that you have a 20 percent coinsurance and this is roughly what it what it looks like it's not 100 percent accurate but it's something it's something that at least patients know what they're getting into ahead of time so that way they can um you know, plan for it because it's I, we we understand it's it's not only investment in, in your time and effort it's it's an investment in, in funds and money so we want to give people kind of the best possible look uh, beforehand um, about that take the free injury screen a lot of physical therapy places will do an injury screen so not only will you know the cost but get a sense of how that particular place treats and their philosophy because not all providers are do the exact same things and you want to make sure you jive with your physical therapist um, and you want to make sure that their philosophy fits kind of how you view this and, and hopefully they can give you some good education but take the free injury screen um, not only take the free injury screen but really try to keep with the same therapist I know that's something I've been trying to do with people for a long time stay with the same therapist if you're getting bounced around to different physical therapists in the same clinic you know over the course of your care that's i don't say it's wasteful but i mean you're constantly reintroducing a problem to somebody you know new who might have a different philosophy you know they have you know their sets of patients that they have to deal with but it you're losing a certain amount of continuity and when you get bounced around like that it's not terribly efficient and then it can end up increasing your um cost of care potentially um on top of that i would tell you read the book uh, american sickness um i'll put a link uh to it uh, in the uh, uh episode explainer uh it's a great book now it's, it's written by a doctor that um she uh didn't have a lot of nice things uh, to say about physical therapy but it actually gives you the history of health insurance and kind of how we got to this point as long as well as some good tips as to how to um get the best value for your care one thing out of the book I, I really took uh, and I didn't realize it um, how much mergers and acquisitions actually um, re like raise the costs of care so for example if you have a small private practice family physician you know they have you know a certain fee schedule that has with that uh, with uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield for example um, one ways one one of the ways the hospitals are making money is that you know as they go through and they've been buying up smaller private practices and then they install their fee schedule as well as the their contracts and what that does is it means so if you're seeing Dr. Jones and you know he was billing out a hundred bucks that hospital might actually now be billing out and receiving 175 bucks because they got you know they got their lawyers on the case and they're a big hospital system so that service same same doctor same doctor's office all of a sudden that price went up you know 75 percent um and that's one of the ways that they make money um is through mergers and acquisitions so definitely read um american sickness it's it's it's, it's a good read uh, i definitely enjoyed it um but yeah that's kind of some of the bs for health insurance hopefully you guys learned a little bit um i know when i talk to patients about this stuff uh they are kind of surprised because it's just something you don't really hear much about and providers don't really talk about we, we do the physical therapy stuff you know but i think it's it's part of a patient's care you know what's the point of um you know uh, uh, fixing a physical problem but creating a financial calamity that doesn't help anybody 
And if that patient needs care down the road and they had a financial uh, calamity, they're not going to want to get care, you know? Um, and that's a problem because when it, it finally does necessitate something, it's going to be even more expensive. So I think it's just kind of ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I think this, this particular episode definitely warrants a part two down the road. I, I have some suggestions and things uh, I'd like to talk about uh, that I think would actually fix this problem. Um, but we'll get the, uh, to that down the road. So yeah, that's, uh, that's my podcast for today, Around the Treatment Table with Jason the PT. And I look forward to speaking with you uh, on the next episode. Have a great rest of your day and a great week. Later. Thank you for listening to Around the Treatment Table with Jason the PT. To learn more, visit www.jasonthept.com. Please feel free to submit questions you would like Jason to answer. You can follow Jason on Instagram at jason.the.pt. If you are in the Chicago area and would like to schedule an appointment, visit www.corepteclinics.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, be well.